Hi, I'm your co-host, Will Sullivan. And I'm Antonina Agrusa. And this is our new podcast, Let's Cover That, brought to you by CMNF Group. This is where we meet with healthcare providers turned entrepreneurs that are filling the gaps in the healthcare industry. Today, we have with us Desmond Watt of Eden Health. Desmond, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so Desmond, why don't you, you just kick us off a little bit about your background and, uh, and then jump into giving us a quick overview about Eden Health. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, well, I've been uh, always in primary care. I've been in practice for a little over 10 years myself as a PA. Uh, I'm from Chicago, if that matters. So um, It does you know, matter. <laughs> absolutely. Um, and, you know, I think uh, my background has always been in the healthcare space that um, primary care has always been my calling. Um, I think that this opportunity to have longitudinal relationships with patients, not just sort of a single touch at a single moment in their life, and then they're kind of, you did a thing and they're off to do whatever they're going to do, but really actually developing relationships and a conversation with folks such that they know you and trust you as much as you are to know them and support their care journey was always really important to me. So I've been fortunate to be practicing in the primary care space now, again, for a little over a decade. Um, More recently, I joined Eden Health just a little bit less than a year ago after spending uh, uh, about eight years with another kind of primary care startup organization, if you will, one that's grown to be a little bit more established at this point. Um, Eden is what we would call a virtual first primary care provider. And what virtual first means is, you know, we're not going to take virtual care or digital health or telehealth, whatever you want to call it, and just kind of slap it onto the side and say, yep, we've got it. Here it is. You can find it if you need it. And but otherwise come into the office. And a lot of healthcare systems have, I think, developed an approach to delivering virtual care, especially that's grown uh, during the pandemic. Um, but perhaps maybe haven't optimized the delivery or haven't haven't really thought about the way they want virtual care to really live in their system. At Eden, as a virtual first primary care provider, what that means is as a patient, virtual care is part of what you get, um, and it, it's almost an expectation. So it's not to say we would obligate a patient to receiving virtual care services, but we want our virtual care services to sort of infuse the patient experience in a very natural way so that virtual care may often be the entry point to a care episode or your care journey. Um, And in many cases, it may even replace the need to go into the office. That said, Eden has, I think, developed a care model that very intentionally supports the patient care journey, regardless of where you may be coming to us. Of course, we have uh, brick and mortar physical office locations. We also have a really interesting sort of interim uh, approach to care called our pop-ups team. Our pop-ups team goes out and does sort of events like vaccination events, um, certainly COVID testing and um, vaccinations as well. They do primary care pop-up clinics where they'll literally just stand up a clinic for a week, for example, to do primary care type visits, usually in an employer setting. Um, But they can be kind of that in-between translational layer between pure virtual care and the traditional in-person office setting. Um, And then similarly, as a primary care provider, sometimes that means going a little bit beyond primary care. And Eden has has determined both mental health and physical therapy to be part of our primary care suite. Um, And these are services that 
you know, maybe aren't quote unquote primary care in the traditional sense, but we know that if we're going to send our patients out of our system, the most likely places they're going to be going are mental health and PT. And so to move those services in-house, we can really sort of redefine what we consider primary care services and be a little bit more expansive and supportive of the patient care journey. And then lastly, we incorporate what are called healthcare navigation or healthcare navigation benefits. And these are the folks that I, they're like the magic of our system in so many ways, because that is an individual who's going to say, um, you're going to come to us, Will, and say, you know, I got this weird bill from this specialist that y'all sent me to, and I'm not really sure what to do with it. Every single person has had an experience with a weird medical bill. Our healthcare navigator team is going to say, that is a weird bill. And I know we didn't actually charge you for that service, but we're going to take some ownership of this experience that you've had, and we're going to see what we can do to address this bill and see if we can negotiate it down, save you some money. And otherwise, I think streamline and simplify what can be a really, really complicated healthcare experience. So as much as we want to create a curated, efficient, seamless experience within the Eden system, we're also accounting for the fact that inevitably you're going to leave the system, but we want that experience to be curated, thoughtful, and efficient as well. And this all rolls up to the mission at Eden Health, which is that every patient should have a trusted relationship with your healthcare provider. And one of the best ways that we can really develop and build that trust is be there for you, be your advocate, both for our services within our, our healthcare space and for the ones that you're going to access external to it. So we really want that relationship with our patients to be very kind of hand in glove, if you will, so that you know you've, already, you've always got somebody who's with you every step of the way, whether it's at Eden or beyond. Is, is the the extension into the mental health and the physical therapy in particular, is that is that an evolution that Eden had after launch? Or is that something at the genesis of it all, they realize this is going to be a need pretty quick as an extension of primary care? I'd say more the latter uh, than anything, though, of course, the extent to which we're offering those services has been scaling against the primary care delivery, which I would say was more kind of robust and predictable from the get-go. But um, as a uh, collaborative care environment, we really want to make sure that all the necessary parts for patient care are equitably accessible to all of our patients across the system. So that means then scaling mental health and PT to, to bring that benefit to all of our patients just as much as the more kind of mainstream or traditional primary care services. Amazing. Yeah. And Desmond, is there a particular market that you're working with? Can anybody jump into your platform and utilize it? Or are you working with any particular partners? Thanks for asking that question. I should also back up. I don't think I really actually identified my role at Eden Health. So I'm the medical director for virtual care delivery. So my space is really explicitly in virtual care services, specifically virtual primary care services. Um, as far as who we work with, historically, we've worked with a lot of employer-based organizations, although I think um, as our organization grows and evolves, that brings with it new opportunities for alternative contracting, um, whether they be with payers or benefits aggregators or a lot of other kind of unique contract opportunities out there. So we're, we're kind of expanding and diversifying that mix. Well, it's, a, it's an amazing extension to be able to kind of have that that healthcare, health insurance navigation piece that you have, which, you know, just by side comment is kind of the genesis of Oscar Health, actually, from a health insurance perspective. And those folks kind of where they came from is getting that bill and not understanding a lick of it. Um, 
but it, it's it's also interesting when you kind of shifting into the employer segment, you know, especially through COVID. You know, I think it's interesting to be able to provide a benefit like that from an employer standpoint, because you're talking about the great resignation in the first year and people not having the benefits or the life, you know, life work uh, culture that they want. But, you know, you also walk down into the question of absenteeism and then people, you know, when you extend it to that mental health extension, like you said, you can have people at their desk doing the work at home or in the office and not being as productive. You know, what's kind of the feedback you get from those those partnerships, I should say, or, you know, those contracted employers? Are, are you seeing more retention of people? Is that kind of the feedback? Are, are the patients, the clients feeling better about the work they're doing day to day and, and being able to get their work done and feel good about it versus feeling burnt out? It you just be interesting to see because it seems like a natural synergy for you guys. You know, I think that one of the unique opportunities in the employer space in particular is that, you know, the pandemic has caused this explosion of point care services and you have employers that are buying into a lot of these, uh, call them disaggregated point care services. So yes, we have this benefit, we have this benefit, we have this benefit and this one, but they're not necessarily talking to each other in a way that is comprehensive and intentional. What Eden is doing in many ways is saying, okay, well, what if we aggregated those benefits or a lot of the more kind of high utilization benefits into a single space? We made that entry point reliable and consistent for your employees or our members. And we ensured the right level of um, visibility into um, the experience as employers may need related to COVID. So of course, there's a lot of COVID return to work pandemic support stuff. Um, that was really supportive of patients, you know, not going into the office unintentionally when there may have been a risk um, that would have been a risk to their their fellow colleagues. But as we're looking ahead at the more kind of uh, primary care delivery, as you know, we're hoping, of course, this pandemic sort of winds down at some point that what we've done is we're creating relationships and engagements with individuals who look at us as their primary care provider but they look at it from the employer perspective saying, gosh, this is a really robust healthcare benefit that I'm being offered. And it's totally different than any healthcare benefit I've been able to access in the past as well. And it becomes an engagement strategy and a retention strategy for those employers because it is something, and we have lots of feedback from our members about how happy they are with Eden as a healthcare benefit and how appreciative they are that their employer is even offering it. Um, a lot of these telehealth oriented benefits in particular are they're they're widely um, they widely exist with employers, but there's often questions around engagement and actual utilization. The benefits great that you have it, but how much is it getting utilized? Um, Eden has routinely an over 60 percent engagement with our members in the actual benefit itself. So when we think about the value that we're bringing not only to employees, but to the employer for the thing they're paying for, what they're seeing is our our employees are using this. They're engaging with this service. They like the service. We're very proud of our 4.95 uh, star rating or above for our care services. And that's in aggregate over time. So out of five stars, patients are kind of singing our praises about their experiences in working with us. So I think it, it's going to be interesting looking ahead, though, because as, as we move away from a world where it's sort of so COVID-centric, 
that, you know, we're really thinking about the way the employer populations have changed their own realities. You know, I used to go into the office five days a week. I don't really do that anymore. We've got a hybrid work set up and I'm working from home three days a week and in the office twice a week or what have you. The great thing with Eden is we're really set up to help you no matter where you are. You can be in your office, you can be at home, you can be on vacation, you can be traveling for work, whatever the case is. Our care system is built in a way that allows you to access it regardless of those circumstances. Amazing. And the work, it sounds like the work that you're doing is super impactful, especially for the employers, because as Will mentioned earlier, you know, does that allow for employers to hold on to greater retention on the, you know, and less turnover in the employee space because people want to feel cared for, um, you know, especially at work. So um, really, really good stuff. Is there, are there any partnerships you guys are working on that uh, you'd like to talk about or anywhere in particular you see the company going in the next couple of years? Well, you know, again, going back to that explosion of point care services over the course of the pandemic, there's some really interesting stuff that's coming out as part of this sort of digital health revolution. And I think that the thing that excites me so much about Eden in particular as an organization is we're very future oriented. Um, and so we're doing a lot of things within our own space that I think a lot of traditional healthcare systems would kind of, you know, pull back from as far as um, we're not really sure we can invest in that yet. We're not really sure that this trend is here to stay, et cetera. So I, I look at sort of our efforts as very future oriented and acknowledging a healthcare system that is in uh, the state of rapid change and evolution in a way that's going to totally change healthcare delivery on an ongoing basis. With that comes interesting opportunities for third-party partnerships. So, for example, you look at the ability to uh, more rapidly and quickly consult with specialists because inevitably patients are going to need to go see somebody else for things outside of your primary care space. Those transitions in care always risk a patient not getting something done and being lost to follow-up. And that can be not only... Um, logistically challenging for a patient, that can be a risk to their health, their quality of life, their outcomes, costs related to care that ends up being delayed, uh, that ends them in an emergency room when it could have been attended to more proactively upstream. So um, one of the things we're already doing is working with um, an external specialist group called Rubicon, uh, you, you may have heard of. And so we work with Rubicon to get some of those more almost real-time specialty consults that allows us to retain more of our patient care in-house um, where that patient might have otherwise been referred to a specialist. So we can kind of offer what I would call an augmented primary care experience for patients in, in almost bringing those specialty consults in-house and expanding the capacity of our primary care providers. So we're able to retain more of that care in-house that would have been sent out otherwise. Other things to look at towards the future in a virtual first primary care system is how do we start to recreate or or sort of create a new experience of like clinic at home? You've heard the term hospital home, obviously, um, that's getting a lot of traction. How do we keep patients out of the hospital and sort of recuperating at home in ways where in the past they would have had to be inpatient? Um, similarly, you know, clinic at home, if you will. So what are the types of things we can actually bring to the patient home environment to expand our virtual exam capacity, our ability to, to obtain rapid point of care diagnostics, lab ordering, et cetera, so that not only is the experience of that you would get in a clinic essentially reproduced in the home environment, um, but it's even 
it, it's even kind of upskilled from there because you're getting it in the comfort of your home. You're getting the seamlessness, seamlessness and efficiency of that experience. Um, and without naming any specific partners, there's a lot of opportunities in that space. There's a lot of services that have been stood up in that area um, that I think are going to bring a lot of value to patients. And an organization like Eden, we're looking at those potential partnerships very closely um, in a way that perhaps other systems may not be. Do you, just to kind of wrap up, Desmond, you know, it, it seems almost as if Eden is really executing, A, you seem biased towards execution, you know, like you guys are looking to do things, get them done, take care of the patients and members. Um, it almost feels like you're accelerating past what the ACO model has meant to be over the past 40 years and the different iterations of trying to do it. But now you're really doing that point of care and actually pulling in the specialists and getting it done and probably at a higher level of satisfaction for value-based care kind of model. But do you see you to kind of end up on your end as a physician assistant who's a medical director and the growing rise of the, the scope of practice for PAs nationally? Just could, could you kind of close up with that from your expertise on, you know, because you're used to from your profession being embedded in a collaborative model. And now here you are kind of leading a collaborative model. And it, I think that's really interesting and should be noted. I appreciate you, Will, making that connection. And I think it's really critical at this point in time that we acknowledge we have limited resources in our healthcare system. You know, we have the number of providers we have, we're training the number of new providers we are on a yearly basis. And the more that we are able to function together in a thoughtful, collaborative way as best we can, while also supporting every single individual clinician to be working at the top of their scope uh, and training, it is going to help us address some of these enormous challenges. You know, I mean, we have a ongoing healthcare resource and access shortage. We don't solve for that without really optimizing the scope and practice of every licensed provider who's involved in care. So the one thing I would push back a little bit on is this expanding scope of practice. I'd argue actually PAs have been practicing this way for quite a while, and it's actually about our laws at the state level starting to catch up with that. So for example, I'm going to give a very specific example. The state of Colorado in the current rules and regs limits a PA who is licensed in Colorado from practicing outside of the state lines of Colorado unless their supervising physician is licensed and practicing physically within the state. So that would completely exclude a PA practicing from outside of the state in Colorado unless you check that box. I would argue that is a that is a rule that is out of step with reality in the current state. So um, I think from my perspective, it's it's about optimizing provider capacity and expertise, but it's about it's doing so in a way that is supportive and collaborative and acknowledges all the other team members in the space. So, you know, maybe the state rules and regs say I need to collaborate with a physician. Of course, physicians are part of our care team. They're experts. Their training is exceptional. They bring a ton to the conversation. But maybe this patient has really complex diabetes. And maybe my NP colleague practiced in endocrinology for 10 years before they came to work with us. Should I collaborate with the physician because that's what the state says I should do? Or should I actually collaborate with my NP colleague who has a deeper knowledge base in complex diabetes? So um, all this to say, I'm really excited to see the way that the conversation's moving on 
state scope of practice laws because it's not about expanding scope of practice as much as it is laws that support the scope we're already capable of, if that makes sense. Um, and so seeing that catch up more and more and more at the state level is something that I'm excited about and in, you know, do a lot of work in the PA advocacy space. Um, I think telehealth has exposed this in a very unique way from the multi-state practice perspective, but it's a very ongoing conversation for sure. Yeah, absolutely, Desmond. It's so important, the advocacy work that PAs are doing across the country, you know, to continue to move toward, um, you know, more authority. So we have had a wonderful time speaking with you today. We're excited about the work that Eden Health is doing in the healthcare space and everything they're doing for employers and providers alike. So thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for having me. It was great. That's a wrap of another episode of Let's Cover That. Thank you.